0: Hello and welcome back to My Father Before Me. I'm your host, Brennan Sam. Joining me as usual is Tori Sam. How are you doing, Dad? I'm doing excellent. All right. Sounds good. We are on to the next movie in our crusade to uh, look at all the old cool movies. <laughs> what do we have this week?
1: Well, cool movies is in quote. Some of them are. How about that? But today is a good one. Uh, today is a, well, it became somewhat of a cult recently redone as a Netflix series or, or a Netflix series prequel. Uh, we're talking, of course, about The Dark Crystal. Dark Crystal was from 1982. And if we talk about movies that we've been looking at that have been um, technological achievements or anything like that, we talk about you know the digital effects and that sort of thing. This one was a technological achievement in the way that they built it, not necessarily the way that they they um, the special effects work, because it was all done with puppets. It's a Jim Henson movie. Jim Henson, of course, is the Muppets. Right? He wanted to build this uh, fantasy world, and he. Had, he I. Had, I've watched lots of documentaries on this one, you know, on how they did it and how they set everything up, and it's it's cool to watch how they make a world with puppets. Um, but when it comes, and I'm probably you know diminishing diminishing what they are by calling them just puppets, but uh, it's it's just neat the way that they have built up this entire world and they and all the lengths they went to to make it feel real, just by building things out of you know, the, the puppetry skills, right. That they, that they used obviously in the Muppets, you know. Um, but Jim Henson was working with a um, designer for years, a visual designer for years, just drawing out, um, you know, the concept art and that sort of thing in order to build this world and design the look and feel of it before they started actually building the sets and building the puppets and, and building all that stuff. So. Uh, It's a, it's a technological achievement in that way. And of course, like I said, the best thing about it, and um, we didn't necessarily watch it for this discussion, but the TV series that came out on Netflix, they took great lengths to go in and do that as a puppet show, you know, that's good. Now there were, um, they used some CGI in order just to clean up some of the backgrounds and stuff. But from what I saw in all the making of documentaries, they really st- tried to stick with the Jim Henson philosophy of building it all in that practical world, even for that TV series, which was a modern thing. It was a 2021, I think that came out, or 2020, I can't remember. But it was it was pretty big achievement. So it was oh twenty nineteen, 2019, I guess. I'm I'm time flies when you're an old grandpa. <laughs> they have another
0: sequel coming. It looks like.
1: Oh, that's that's interesting. I haven't heard about that one. The power of the
0: dark crystal.
1: Well, that's excellent. So, I mean, like I said, this this movie, um, you know, we talked about the last Starfighter on our last episode had a budget of fifteen million. So, this one, so according to IMDb, the uh, you know the the estimated budget was fifteen million. Now, this one cleared a little bit better. It grossed forty one million in the U.S. Um, and it's definitely become one that is a classic. I mean, I think of this one, and in the same breath, I always think of this one and Labyrinth, which is one we'll watch at some other point. Just because, obviously, they're both the the uh, animatronic and that sort of thing, but uh, I don't know. The two of these, we always watch together kind of thing. And again, burned out the VHS on these. But uh, I don't know. What do you think about it?
0: Um, this is one that I am glad i did not watch as a kid <laughs> when i if i know for a fact if i had watched this when i was younger i would have hated every minute of it but now that i have um i like to think at least a little more mature <laughs> i i can appreciate the fact that like the puppetry is actually like incredible i was uh, really like taken aback by how good it actually looked the only like part where i was like okay this is a little preposterous <laughs> was what anytime there was a close up on the little gelflings i was like guy okay like your face just looks weird
1: <laughs> it did well you know they're trying to play with the alien look but when you come down to it and that's why the muppets is a thing when kermit talks his mouth just opens and closes right, right? so they were definitely trying to make new leaps in the way that they uh the facial expressions worked. And I will say that even though the recent TV series, um, you know, tried to stick with that idea, they definitely did a lot more to animate that face and make it more, you know, more of our, our modern senses of of what we can do. Right. Things. Right. But yeah, I get you on that one. Now I I will say that um, when I had this one on with uh, some uh, with Tammy and some other people who had never seen it before, there was a resounding groan, of, <laughs> and it is one of those things where this movie you appreciate nowadays. You appreciate it mostly for obviously the skill that they had to do in order to make it work. Right. right. The minute you're looking at it, you're like, well, you know, it's slow, and and, <laughs> and and part of that is because they want to have the big visuals. They're they're taking their time. You know, if you watch this, every time you watch it you'll see a little thing in the background, a little, a little uh, mouse running around in the background or a little uh, plant that sucks itself in or something. And you know that they took great lengths to do that in order to make this visual spectacular. And that's why you get some slow shots just panning across things and stuff like that. And it really, you know, it can put a person to sleep. Sure. <laughs> but it is neat to think about all the, the different ways they did it and how much they built it up. You know, and built that world in it and stuff.
0: Yeah, it really felt alive. (laughs) That's one thing. I'll I'll praise the work that they did. It felt like an actual, like, real place.
1: It is, and it's one of the things I remember. Well, now I guess it's 2019, but I remember when they were coming out with that series on Netflix and they did some specials on it. They really, they harped on that. You know, it, it was a very important thing to do back in the days that they wanted to build this world. And they definitely build a unique world. I mean, it's a whole unique thing. There's there's a a race of I don't know if they're aliens or spirits or something. You know, we, we talk about uh, legend of Korra and the spirit world. You got to wonder are they are they spirits you know, yeah. type of thing? But it's two two races divided in half. You know, and of course they're still linked because when one of them dies, the other one disappears. You know, and stuff. And um, but it so I mean, it's definitely a unique world that they built, and I can see why at that time. You know the the idea of doing something this unique as a puppet type of thing is the way to go. I mean, you could, and obviously there are lots of scenes. You notice the Gelfling running around, and it's a kid in a costume, right? right? But you know they zoomed out and that sort of thing. But every time you know, they always tried to cut in so that it was a puppet moving around or, or that kind of thing. It was uh, y- you can tell what they're trying to do. They're trying they're trying to use that Jim Henson methodology in order to make it work.
0: You Know, um, and I the yeah, the world was very expansive, <laughs> and so it's a, like I could really easily see how in the first 10 minutes during the opening, like narration, that you could easily check out, like just by accident, and then be confused for the whole movie because they set up so much in that beginning, <laughs> right? Right, <laughs> it, so much,
1: and it's interstitialed with uh, uh, some slow scenes of these uh, the, the three armed dudes. Uh, doing their Gregorian chants or whatever uh, up into the sky, you know, and stuff. And it's, uh, so it's, there is, they're definitely building something there. And it's one of those things where they, they plunk you in the world, right? They give you, like you say, they give you a little bit of exposition and there's times that you're in the Gelfling's head where he's just, uh, he's just thinking things. And of course we're reading his mind because it's easier than making his mouth move, I suppose. But, uh, uh, so you're getting some exposition that way. Now, I will say that there's been a lot. Um, I've read some of the uh, – there's been some comics out. And, of course, when the series came out, they had some tie-in comics trying to promote it and stuff. So that whole world is definitely ripe for all kinds of stories. And I could see where you could do something like that and, and build that out a little bit so you could have that kind of thing. I don't know, you know, whether what the licensing is or anything like that. But I could see a whole other thing Going off on that, like you say, it's a, it's a whole world that they built, and it's pretty interesting when they when they get to do it. So.
0: Yeah, it, it has the, it's a very like, in the beginning they tell you the whole <laughs> overarching story, and then they zoom in on like this one aspect of it, like the tidy, like <laughs> the little guffling. Yes. And it's, yeah, it's a very cool. It felt different from most movies that we've watched so far, where it's been like, you know this is the guy (laughs) and then they just sort of tell it through that guy and then move forward. This was more like a, a world building movie.
1: Yeah, it definitely was. And it, like I say, I, I, you feel like it sometimes when, you know, Jim Henson, just from the standpoint of, I've got this cool idea for a world, you know, and stuff and, and let's do some kind of story about it. But when they, you know, the big finale is all he does is jump and throw the, the shard inside of the crystal and it's over, you know. <laughs> yeah. It definitely, the action scenes weren't necessarily the action. It was the story itself that was exciting. But
0: Well, that, uh, the little bit of action that was in that sort of moment where the, I don't even remember what they're called, the bad guys, <laughs> where there's like challenging for the throne. Skexies? Yeah, those. <laughs> Where they're slicing at that rock, that was pretty intense.
1: Well, yeah, and what do they do? They get a new rock every time. I mean, that one was already obviously beat on before, and that top part wasn't cut off. So obviously somebody didn't didn't win before. I don't, I'm not I'm not exactly sure on that process. Yeah, that was weird. They, they made
0: it seem like I don't know, like what when they did the first cut? Why did they? There was no. There's no qualifier. they were like, ah, yes, the challenge of stone or whatever,
1: and then they didn't take any time to explain it.
0: Like, oh, that's it?
1: the uh, well, I guess you, you, have rocks watch rings of power, we'll talk about that one later. But it is a thing where uh, they, I guess you're you're what's your emperor is the alpha, right? right? So you're beating down the other people and stuff. Now, of course, they didn't uh, they didn't kill him off, they just stripped him and exiled him. <laughs> that's like, weird. Okay, well, you know, there's only a few of you left, and I don't know if you really want to do that, but then again, that's the thing, right? They're the they're the evil, all the bad parts of the half, of that right. being, you know, and all the good, peaceful half part went over there. So anytime you got all the bad parts and the warlike parts and and all that kind of bit, and that's all they concern themselves with, you're going to have weird stuff like that <laughs> instead of uh, doing uh, dust drawings of the big circle or something <laughs> with three arms, which was interesting because why is it that only half of them, why only, only the good half has three arms, but the the these guys don't. I'm, I'm not sure on that one. So because they've been corrupted, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, they lost one of their arms just by being evil. So, but yeah, it is pretty interesting. And of course, you know, we get some. Uh, you know, in these movies, we always like to talk about the things that uh, we get at a later time. Well, one thing we get is Agra, the little, uh, uh, the little old lady. <laughs> oh yeah, with the one eye, who is a fun thing. Now the uh, the guy who uh, who uh, animates, animates, controls Agra is uh, Frank Oz, who, of course, is Yoda. Right. <laughs> That's funny. But, uh, yeah, so it's pretty slick the way they did that. And it's kind of a fun thing. I was kind of curious about her whole uh, middle eye thing that she's got going on there. Does she have another eye in her forehead? There's something up there, but...
0: Yeah, it's, something's definitely going on. I mean...
1: <laughs> but it, when, it, when he's trapped in the thing, and they don't do it very often, but she's holding her eye up to see it, was kind of fun thing. But that, again, that's a world-building
0: thing, right? right yeah. yeah. Now that you mentioned the fact that that is Frank Oz, their speech pattern... Not their speech pattern, but like the uh, timbre of his voice is kind know. of similar.
1: Yep, that grunt or that... Uh, you know? <laughs> that's, that's so funny. Now, did you say that is a woman? I assume I could be wrong okay. on that, but uh, maybe she just, or they are just very androgynous. <laughs> but I think of a, you know, and maybe this is just me pulling in my old stuff, but it's, a, you know, the crazy old uh, witch lady, you know. Yeah, it did and, feel like and that. And that sort of thing. And then, of course, when she's captured and, and she's giving everybody the what for, you know, talking to all of them. And it's like, okay, well, that's just some old grandma yelling at the young, <laughs> the young whippersnappers, but. And then, like I said, there's the tie-in comics and and she's like a, a this main, you know, healer, witch person, you know, and stuff. And they live for ages, that kind of thing. So it's <laughs> You know, like there's a lot of world there, but uh, I don't know. It, like it's the the world, obviously they were more concerned about the world than anything. Right. right? The story was fun, but it, it really is just, I'm just curious about what we can do in this world. Right. And that's yeah. what they did. You know and you see that in that TV series now the TV series of course is a what was it eight episodes or ten episodes on Netflix but it had a plot all the way through it and stuff it's kind of like the resistance before the movie you know so you still got the skexes and stuff the and um in the TV series Mark Hamill is the voice of one of the skexes we <laughs> really? always, we always talk about his voice but yeah I think it was shortly after that one he said he's gotta to start stop doing these characters because he's got <laughs> that that voice you know does he do- <laughs> i'm just imagining like the joker oh yeah
0: it's he's a bird but he's got like white face paint on oh man that would be so funny
1: but yeah it, it's an interesting uh like i say another piece of time where they tried something different because at the time there wasn't everything out there right right now if somebody had this idea right now it would be an awesome cg animated well it'd be avatar Right. You know? Yeah. It'd be um, uh, James Cameron doing Avatar. That is this only with CGI because it is, um, you know, a whole world. He tried to build a whole world. He had the whole part where they're running through and seeing all the pretty plants. And part of that is because he wanted to do it in 3D. But you see where the difference lies there in that at the time in the 80s, you know, they said they started working on it seven years before it was leased in 72 is when they started doing concept art and stuff. You know, at that time they had no other way of doing this kind of a, a scale, right? Right, or this kind of a, 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 a building, or all of that stuff. The best way to do it is puppets, right? You know, and and of course at the time, Jim Henson is the guy to do that kind of thing, right? And he he wanted to get away from, or he wanted to try something other than the Muppets. He wanted to build a fantasy world, you know, and stuff to to build out. And it's real interesting. And I do know, like I say. I, a lot of the tie-in documentaries and stuff with the series really paid a lot of homage to him and stuff because, and I think he's passed. I want to, I want to say he didn't see the uh, the series, but the the how the the estate, the Jim Henson estate, was all in there. Yeah, oh yeah, nineteen ninety. Yeah, it's been a while. So, but it is an it's it's an amazing another amazing technological advance for the time, even though the sensibilities are that it could be a slog,
0: right? To yeah. sit and watch. Yeah. Well, that's true. I mean, yeah, the story, it is slow, but that, yeah, the fact that the animatronics are so animatronics, puppetry, whatever you want to say.
1: Well, it's both. Yeah.
0: Uh, it's so impressive. Like even now, like, I don't know. It has more like you compared it to avatar. I think this has more wow factor to me than avatar Mm -hmm. because avatar is, you know, uh, I mean, sure it's a group of people and doing incredible work on a computer, Whereas this is, like, a physical thing that oh, yeah. you have to, like, manipulate. It's much more impressive. Well, and and I the, think it's those,
1: those big uh, long-legged bird dudes or, or bunny rabbit kind of things, those are people on stilts, right, that are running around inside there. And the big beetles, you know, those are people with these legs laying around, and you can kind of see them when they come – crashing into August place. There's one of them just slams his hand down. Well, it's obviously just a person slamming his hand down, <laughs> but obviously, you know, that's, you can see it on some of those documentaries of the, the people just dying of heat stroke because they've got these giant suits on. Right. And stuff, you know. Yeah. I can't imagine
0: that would just, it would just get so intense. Had they had to at least like, Tried to film it in the winter, right? <laughs> like because they had to have known that it was. Well, no, be they need the bright
1: sun, you know, and stuff. I mean, in the winter, you got snow; it's a mess. But, no, but it, I mean, and like you say, it, the whole thing. when you look at it, it almost looks. And and I'm sure there are scenes that were shot outside on in some kind of rocky place or something like that. But when you look at it, it definitely looks like the entire set is all built. Yeah, you know, for especially sure. some of those shots with. You know, the opening shot of the little dude uh sitting there naked playing his pipes or whatever. That entire thing is just a bunch of people underneath there that are moving the little bits all around to make the world feel real, you know, and stuff. So. Yeah, it's <laughs> just
0: so crazy. I can't get over that. That's just so impressive to me.
1: It was. It, it really was slick. And, of course, you know, they had fun. And, and like I said, Tammy, uh, you know, wasn't overly excited about it. But there's parts, you know, when... With the little fizz gig, the dog, you know, and stuff. <laughs> she kind of enjoyed that. And, and it, it brings you back in as soon as you realize what's going on, you know, and stuff. It, right, You really start thinking about it.
0: Now, speaking of the little dog and uh, the Kira, the elf, Gelfling, can you remind me? I thought the point of it was that there was only one Gelfling and that it was Jen.
1: I, like the main guy. I think that's why it's such a shock that there's another one. And, you know, and the, the reason for that is, of course, there's a prophecy. So it's kind of we're back to when we talked about Willow, the prophecy of the the girl, the, the baby girl coming over and taking over. Right? right. Well, so this is the prophecy of a Gelfling is going to ruin the Skeksis. So the Skeksis have killed them all off, you know, and that kind of thing. And we see that kind of in that prequel uh, story a little bit. It's all about the Gelflings having a resistance and stuff like that. I think it's even called Dark. Crystal resistance or something, but that's age of resistance, age that's of right. resistance. Yeah. So, you know, the point of it is, is that they thought they got rid of them and it was kind of fun to watch the flashback sing- scenes of the baby gelflings and stuff. And you can see how, again, it's like they were, you know, it's another gelfling over here that um, they broke in, you know, they, they took over, but then the little pod people saved the little girl, you know, and stuff right. and, and kept her hidden. But, but yeah, it really is, a, you know, again, that's the story, right? we, Thought he was the last one. Now there's another one. But, yeah, you're right. It was kind of odd the way they did that because it he was supposed to be the one. But I guess it's just the he's the prophesized one who happened to be holding the crystal. You
0: know? Right, yeah.
1: <laughs> because he knows how to play the music because the Gregorian chant dudes played the the sound, so then he knew to blow that sound on his flute to see which one was the correct
0: crystal. Yeah, I mean, it makes perfect sense. Obviously. What are those other crystals, then? <laughs> I mean, that's what I don't get.
1: Well, Agra's been around a long time. She collects crystals that look very similar.
0: I would think, like, you would be able to remember, oh, this is, like, the one. Like, this the is that cool important one.
1: one, yeah. These are just those ones that are supposed to ward off evil spirits. <laughs> But that whole set is, you know, amazing, too, with that whole, uh, uh, the, the the solar system model or whatever. Oh, yeah. And, you know, of course, then they, they got him jumping around on it and stuff and hanging on. It was pretty amazing. But them things flying around. I remember some talk on that one about how they got those things flying around. They're kind of dangerous. The, the big set flying around. And here you got a puppet and you can't see where the puppet's at. So you're worried about running into the set, you know, and stuff. But,
0: that's funny. I speak I did like the Gregorian chant characters though. They were interesting.
1: Yeah, and their whole job the movie was just to wander around and and I felt bad the one of them uh when when Skex's uh counterpart gets dropped down into that pit. They show him walking and he actually burns up in flames real quick. I mean, it's quick, it didn't last long. It was like, "Holy cow, that's, that stuff feels pretty rough." That would that would man, just <laughs> Can you
0: imagine, like you're just like chilling in your village, and you look over and just somebody disappears, like they burst into flame. Oh, somebody must have burned up. <laughs> oh man, why? Are, why do they look so
1: different? Is I don't remember that either. I don't know. Well, that's like, how good looks, and that, and then yeah, that's how evil looks. I guess, <laughs> like you say, why does why does one of them have three arms? That's a part of it. <laughs> one has three arms. One has two arms. That's a whole different biology. There,
0: but, you know, <laughs> yeah, you're talking. It's a little bit of a difference. <laughs>
1: But it is, you know, the mystics were, and, and I think that, you know, when you watch the documentaries and stuff, the, those mystics, they called them, were kind of the first concept art. And they were based off of Jim Henson saw a um, some artwork by some gentleman, starting with an H, can't remember. But he had that design for these ancient creatures, you know, and, and mythological creatures and stuff already. And he kind of stole that. That look, or told them to use that as the concept for him. So, that kind of thing is kind of, um, and you see that kind of look with the big face, the big snout, and stuff like that, as a, as a mythological thing or an old old myth kind of thing, old old creatures and stuff. And I think I think that worked out pretty good. I, you know, like you say, those are the fun ones. Yeah. I wish we could get more out of them.
0: Yeah, that was what I thought too. They really like. I don't know. It's, it's, they got me in the beginning and then yeah, that was basically And then it. all they
1: do is wander. You cut you cut to him walking across the, the desert every once in a while. <laughs> Typical movie, you know, we gotta have some traveling. <laughs> but yeah, this one again, it it's a like I said, the the reason we watch these is because this one was a a sign of the time. So you compare this to current stuff and, and it's the way Jim Henson had a vision and this was the best way to do it. Right, right. Doing it with the animatronics and that kind of thing. So,
0: yeah, and it definitely, obviously, worked out very well. I mean, we've been gassing it up as far as, you know, apart from all the jokes, but <laughs> I mean, I don't think it could have worked any other way. You know, yeah, it just it, it would have felt weird. <laughs> yeah, trying to do it any other way.
1: So, especially back in those days, like you say, nowadays it's a CGI. Yeah, right. Fest, but. Again, and that's where you got to appreciate all the work that they did with the, uh, the TV series because they're holding to that. And it is. And now, obviously, technology on that alone has gotten a lot better. You know, you look at um, the masks and stuff like that, or, or even that um, we used to watch that uh, um, reality competition show, that face off or whatever on sci-fi. You know, even that alone, they've got right. the technologies there to, to make better, more realistic looking masks you know, that kind of thing, and facial expressions. So obviously there's some improvements there, but it's still that underlying concept that it's just a neat way of doing it and, a, you know, a more physical way of doing things. It, the only other way that you could do something like this back in the day like that would have been a, um, you know, a Harryhausen stop motion kind of thing, right? And that comes off wrong. That doesn't yeah. That doesn't quite work right, you know? In the '80s, that's what you would have done. I mean, I don't. When Clash of the Titans was out, you've got the Cyclops and that sort of thing. But that's just a, the 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 uh, um what's called the the stop motion of a claymation person being moved around, right? Right. Now, even that alone, you think of uh, recently was that Kubo and the Two Strings. It's such a pretty movie that good. that's all done stop motion. So obviously the technology is there that that's even better than it used to be back in the day. Right. But back in the, you know, in the eighties when they would have done this, it would have been that or not do it, you know, or, or you've got just masks some people. And I don't think it. if, if it was masks some people, we wouldn't be talking about it now. I agree. It, you yeah. know, the, the story was fun. The world was what we wanted to see. And if the world was just people wearing masks, it wouldn't have been any different. It wouldn't have. It wouldn't have stood out as anything new, to see. You
0: know? Yeah, that's a good. That's a really good point.
1: But yeah, I mean, it's it's a it, you know normally around now I'd start pointing out all the actors that we've never seen. Well, <laughs> there aren't any, but <laughs> but it, you know it it's interesting how again you got Frank Oz and I guarantee you if you look up uh, these people here a lot of these are probably experts in the field, right? right? And they're probably behind the scenes in a lot of things that you didn't even know. Of course, Muppets, you know, you got your Muppets everywhere. There's a gentleman who's Mr. Rogers, uh, uh, you know, uh, that puppetry or whatever was a skill. You know, you think of uh, that and Sesame Street and that sort of thing. Or even Jabba the Hutt. You yeah. Know? You know, that that type of thing, it was still the thing to do. And if you had that skill, you could definitely make it look realistic. And I think that's what they did here. So.
0: Yeah, for real. I I it felt like especially the um I forget what they're calling again. The Skexes? The bad guys? Yeah. Yeah. The Skeksis? They uh the but going back to that little throne room scene, that's just the one that sticks out to me like it was just them just waddling around. I don't yeah. know. Um, but that felt like I don't know, like all the little jibber-jabber going on and all the little movements felt very real. It was it was fun. It, was, it felt not like I wasn't just watching a little weird puppet show.
1: The scene that got me as a kid that I still remember is the scene where they're all eating, right? <sighs> and they've got the utensils on their finger and they're stabbing their food. And of course... You know they're not swallowing because they're puppets. Right. But it's it's you know, they get it in their mouth. You know, all the coordination in order to get that done alone was quite a thing. And then of course they got the dessert was the little creatures that run across the table and they're all going after it. I mean, it was it it's pretty amazing. And and you spent I mean, there's a solid what, ten minutes of the film that it's just us sitting around watching them eat, you know, and stuff. <laughs> yeah. But the reason you're doing that again, besides the world building, is just we got to focus on how amazing the puppetry was in order to do that. I mean, there's a bunch of people sitting in those things, and they've got their hand up here controlling this, and they've got this, and they've got somebody else controlling the other arm, and it all works, you right? Know, and and it all works out great. So it's um, um, it, that kind of thing is just an amazing way of doing it, and and building that uh, again, building the world and stuff like that. And it was, and I remember that, like I said, I remember them eating and the dude sticking his head down in the water, you know, and he's not breathing, but there's bubbles, you know, right. so they're building that effect in there and stuff just to make it realistic. And yeah, so it's just interesting the way they did that.
0: Yeah, this, yeah, it's definitely a showcase kind of movie. And it's, it's one that it, you definitely need to know, like what, like what the showcase is before oh, you yeah. go into it. Yeah. Like, uh. If I hadn't recognized Jim Henson before yeah. I came in, I'd be like, what are we watching what, right what now? What's
1: going on? The best ones, I think, are the podlings, though. Those little dudes, and they got the little village. And, you know, you go into that scene, and you, I get the Ewok vibe there, right? Yeah. Because uh, Kira goes to the podlings that saved her, and she's talking in weird languages, and they're all playing music and dancing around and stuff. And Of course, then they get uh, raided by the big Beale peoples and stuff. But, uh, you know, those... Muppets, those puppets were were great, you know, because they were able to get some expression on them because yeah. they're such, you know, just basic faces and stuff. But, and I, I swear, you know, I'm, I'm sure we've seen a Muppet that looks just like him, but it, you know, it, it's kind of fun. I, you know, there's another one that. So I don't know if we'll do this on this show, but a formative thing that I used to watch when I was a kid was Fraggle Rock, and Fraggle Rock um, was uh, underground monster puppets guys and. But it I'm gonna make you watch it. We're gonna find some of them. <laughs> episodes. We gotta watch some of them episodes. But but that was one that we used to kill on um I don't know was I don't know if Fraggle Rock was Jim Henson or not. But it was an HBO series back in the day. And um Oh that's not heard heard Fraggle Rock. Yeah, that's it. Fraggle Rock.
0: This is they made they must have made a new one.
1: Yeah, they they, they did try to re reboot this one as well. Yeah. See I I think uh, yep, yep, they're Jim Henson. Okay. <laughs> they're definitely a Jim Henson Muppet. But they you, you they remind me of the pod people, the podlings or whatever they were called. But uh yeah, I, I encourage once this uh, once we're done recording here. Oh yeah, that's the big bad guy. And you see the Frankel Rock people are little tiny dudes. But...
0: <laughs> I think I actually did read that there was like a I don't know, there's something that he wanted to expand in this in the Dark Crystal, but then they just decided not to do it, and that evolved into Fraggle Rock.
1: I wonder if that's the poddling idea there, because they, they have a very similar look, you know, and stuff. <laughs> yeah. but, or uh, the, the facial expressions and the way that they uh, animate their face and stuff, it kind of it kind of reminded me of that, now that I was just sitting here thinking about it. But, yeah, we'll definitely have to pull up an episode or two of Fraggle Rock. The old ones, not the new crap. <laughs>
0: I think I, um, I vaguely remember the Fraggle Rock theme. Oh yeah, like I, but I yeah,
1: I think it's a classic. Oh, here
0: we go. Oh, mm-hmm. Jen and Kira. The early drafts had Jen and Kira traveling the underworld, where they met mining creatures. Was later integrated. Oh, into, into okay, yep,
1: okay. that's it.
0: There we go. Um, sorry, I was gonna bother me. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, it's like I say, it's it's again, uh, you know, the, and the point of this. You know, this segment we're doing on your podcast is just to, you know, point out where we come from with all this stuff. You know, and and again, I liken this exactly to what we're getting with Avatar and stuff like that. Only it's a whole different medium. It's still the same thing. The whole point was to build your world. Right. You know, and that kind of thing. Avatar, I would argue, um, you know, and this isn't a, a Avatar podcast, but I would argue that's a pretty derivative uh, story too. But it's a spectacle. It's a world. It's a, you know, it's, we're building up this alien world and we're running around in it and we get to see what happens when we touch this plant, right? Right. And this is the same thing. You get to see, you know, the the little plants that suck in themselves. And obviously a puppet, that's somebody yanking something down or something, you know, and that kind of thing. But it's just cool the way they, they get that all done. And and, and they make, uh, there's this whole, there was one whole plant or something that almost looks like it's breathing a little bit and that kind of thing but again it's just a it's the environment that's exciting you know
0: yeah yeah that's a good point the uh the point or like maybe not necessarily the point but the only the good thing <laughs> in these movies is the same is the fact that it the point of it is to get you involved in the world right in avatar's case pandora the navi It's not necessarily the story. Right. Yeah. The
1: story. You can plug a story into it, but the point of it is just to push the boundaries and show you a cool environment.
0: Yeah. Look at how pretty. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And that's, you know, that was the, and that's why Avatar did so big was because it was that 3D introduction to how beautiful 3D can look. Right. And it's done with that in mind, you know, and stuff. So I understand that. And that's part of the reason why I'm not exactly sure how the sequels are going to go. Because sometimes you think about all six of them. You know, we talk about Jurassic Park, right? When the Jurassic, the first Jurassic Park movie came out, it was super exciting. Okay, here are dinosaurs on the screen. We've never seen that before, and it was amazing. You get to Jurassic Park two, Jurassic Park three. We've seen it, right? Yeah, we've seen the dinosaurs on the screen. Now, granted, they're maybe they're bigger and cooler and that kind of thing, but what are you going to do to make that something different other than just the spectacle? You can't rely on your spectacle anymore. Right. So, and that's probably, probably part of the problem of, of going back and rewatching these is, you know, you got to, like you said, you got to have the right mindset to go back and watch The Dark Crystal because you got to go have the mindset if you're going back to watch a spectacle that you have, that you would have never seen before at this time. Right. right. Even though, like you say, now nowadays there are so many different ways to do it. Maybe maybe better, maybe not. But there's so many different ways to build this world and build that environment that you don't see anymore because there's other ways to do it, but it's just kind of a fun fun way to look at it. I mean, it's the same reason you go back and watch a... You know, to me, it'd be the same reason that, uh, you know, an an older person who's grown up with the movies, even though, you know, I think a grandpa, he's seen the Marvel movies, he's seen the Avatar movies, right? But he can still appreciate going back and remembering and watching the Harry Houseman movies the first time, because that was amazing to him, That you know, to those kind of technologies were not done right, and stuff. So I don't, it's just, it's like I say, that's the point of this segment is to try to go back and see what we've had and why we've got to this point and how we've got to this point. So I think this was a fun one to do that, even though uh, maybe it's, uh, I don't, I would still uh, encourage as a supplemental um, suggestion. If you get a chance, go back and check out that uh, Netflix series. Because it is pretty cool again and it's cool besides the fact that it, it's actually got a store a good story plotline a good a good resistance story kind of thing um and some heavy action in it and stuff but it's also good in that they're still doing it with the the puppet idea right which, which is neat yeah you
0: know? yeah and that's an interesting part because despite the fact that it's now like some t- something that you like you said we could arguably do better the fact that they're going back and doing it with the animatronics they're still Capturing that spectacle because mm-hmm. it's just never done nowadays
1: and it makes it easier to sell it as a This is a a well. It was a prequel, but this is a Continuation of that world if the world is done the same way, right? Yeah, you know, I mean it, it's it's pretty it there's a reason that some people would say the Star Wars um, Prequels didn't go over so well because George Lucas found his digital skills, right? right or and since everything was digital it almost didn't feel like the same world you know i mean obviously it was and i you know i'm i'm a star For- star wars nut so i'm not going to complain right but you can see where there's a huge difference i remember talking with uh you know lucas my my brother-in-law about um he didn't like the prequels cuz it's like well everything looks so shiny and new and and fancy and done fancy, right? Because it has because it could be at that time. Well, that just makes it feel like a different world, and that's why, even though you know the sequels, the most recent sequels, even though they've got some of their own faults, when they go back and do things practically, it was a big deal because then it felt like it was back in that world, right? You know, if we watch uh Andor or um, Mandalorian or um, Boba Fett right now, and they are trying to do things practical. Part of that is probably budget because it's a TV series, not a movie, right? But part of it is because it still feels like it's in that world. I mean, when it just it just works out better, right?
0: You know? And Shade and I have gushed over that on the the main show so many times about how cool the Mandalorian is because of the practical effects. Yeah, we it's just it's because it's. So much more commonplace for c g i now it's so fun to have it looks good even though it doesn't like you know look good, it feels real and right, yeah, practical effects are i I always love when a a movie or a show employs more practical effects.
1: you bet well, and again, we talked about in the last episode talking about last starfighter if they did another one of that, and all of a sudden that uh that uh, room with all the aliens, they are all these weird, uh, you know, um, CGI creations and stuff. It's definitely not going to feel the same. Now, granted, if they're just rebooting completely, that's a thing. But if they're trying to do the sequel where Alex is, uh, you know, training the next group of starfighters and all of right. a sudden there are all these crazy CGI type of things, it's not going to feel the same. Right? Yeah,
0: that's a good point. The difference between reboot and continuation. I hadn't thought yeah. of that. But
1: That is a really good point. <laughs> well, good. We got something out of this. <laughs> um well any last wisdom i don't think so i'm always going to recommend these movies no matter what so you're never asking me whether i recommend them or not how how's our what's our rating on this one uh
0: i thought it was good i'm gonna give it just a seven straight across the board because uh i really did like it i mean i you know i've spent the past half hour (laughs) talking about how cool the animatronics are and stuff um but yeah, that is one of the things like you it's, you do definitely need to be well aware of of the technology involved before you get involved in this movie. Otherwise,
1: it's well, going to bore you. That rating is based off of um, you watching this for a reason. And the reason is to see the spectacle. That is right? true. If you were looking at this as a movie, I'm sure you wouldn't give it that kind of rating because <laughs> of the story and stuff. Yeah. But because the reason you're rating it as this is a movie, I'm going back to see how they did it. It's definitely worth it. Yeah. You know, it's got it's got that good result to it. Now, of course, there's a cult following, like all of these shows. Sure. They're going to have a cult following. And because, like I mentioned, there are, you know, tie-in comics and that kind of thing. There's people out there who are writing stories in this world because it is cool.
0: Yeah, it's ex- super expensive. Yeah,
1: if, you, if you get your – it gets your imagination juices flowing right off the bat. You know, think of all the different things. I mean, the first thing I think of when I'm thinking of this is, you know, how can we do a, you know – bring in some of these monsters into D&D Adventure, you know, right. or something like that, you know. And I'm sure, you know, there's probably some homebrews out there that that kind of bring in these animals, or there's even equivalents maybe that I'm not aware of. But the first thing you think of when you think of a, a expansive world like this is, you know, I could plunk my, you know, my party of characters into this world because it's kind of fleshed out and because there's something to it, you know, right. and stuff. Right. So.
0: And that's the thing. We talked about this a little bit when we were talking about Willow is that, the world is so expansive that it makes you want to learn more, (laughs) right? Especially in this one where it's so zeroed down into like this one really specific aspect of the world, the universe, while there's so much
1: else going on. Well, okay. So there's a question barring the fact that we might be taking a break from Netflix. Um, If does this make you want to try to watch that series or is it still not something you're interested in? Um, it's one that I think, it's it's one that if I
0: were bored, I would watch it, but it's not one that I think I'm going to go out and like seek. Like I said, right. I'm not, it's on my list, but I'm not worried about it. Yeah. It would be really cool, I'm sure. Um, and I would love to ex- have the story expanded upon and then, then go back and rewatch the movie after having the whole prequel. Um, but yeah, I'm not too... I'm not I'm more excited to see the Willow TV show than I am to see the, dark, the dark Okay, Christmas So that's the
1: question. So yeah, so I mean if we compare it to Willow, both of these have expansion series for them and stuff, but this one is this one's lower on the list.
0: I think so. Yeah, cuz Willow had the I was in, interested in the story whereas this I'm not as interested in the story as I am in the meta mechanics. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh but yeah, so I think that'll wrap us up. Yeah, that was, that will wrap it up like that, I guess.
1: (laughs) Strong ending.